0: Welcome to the Better the Pond podcast. In each episode, Warren Berry, CEO and founder of Instinctive Solutions, talks to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. We'll discover what makes each guest a bit of an odd duck and how they continue to better the pond around us. The migration starts right now with our host, Warren Berry.
1: Hello, everyone, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Better the Pond podcast, where we talk to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. My name is Warren Berry, and I'm your host and the founder of Instinctive Solutions, where we believe that everyone is an odd duck, but that's what makes them awesome. Today, our guest is Tim Schultz. Born and raised on a farm in Fillmore, Saskatchewan, Tim got a taste of entrepreneurship and following your passion. Always innovative and looking for different ways of doing things, plus his ability to see around corners has helped him create his company local and fresh here in Regina, Saskatchewan. Tim is all about helping young people develop their entrepreneurial skills and confidence and is creating ripples to better the pond. Let's hear what Tim has to say. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Schultz. Tim Schultz, Thank you ever so much for taking the time out to be a guest on my Better the Pond podcast. It is great to have you here today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, at me as well. So um, we were talking a little bit earlier, and we uh, we brought up. I have to give him the. Sh- I have to give him the shout out, right? You grew up with Tim Beach of Charles Glenn Toyota. So I'm not sure what they're celebrating today, but should we just celebrate today? that he is just lucky enough to have grown up with a guy like you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I'm going to let him know that that's what we're celebrating today. That's the day, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay perfect. <laughs> All right, so let's jump right into this, Tim. Um, I, what I want to know is what got you from being a gosling? I'm going to take you way back to when you were little, back to your Weyburn, Saskatchewan days, to the time where you had to leave the nest, to where you are today. Tim Schultz, what is your backstory?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I grew up uh, grew up on a farm. Um, my dad was was an entrepreneur. Um, he, I mean, that's that's what we knew. What we knew of him was he just like he worked hard. He built up a business. Um, he he had taken over the family farm, and then he also started. Uh, he was an accountant, so he uh, had an accounting firm that he started in our local town, Fillmore um and so that uh, that's kind of my background and had a, a huge influence on kind of my my growth as a person and and um so so growing up on the farm um doing the things that farm kids do you know um had tons of tons of dreams and aspirations about about what my future would look like and i mean i I just there was nothing I wanted to do more than just uh, to be a farmer like my dad and to be an entrepreneur and just chart my own way, um, and I think right from right from day one I knew that that would be that would be part of my future. So,
1: um, how so old were you then? Actually, I have, two, I have two questions for you. I'm going to start unpacking this right away. So yeah. you you intrigued me a great deal. You said your your dad was an accountant mm-hmm. at an accounting firm, yet he was a farmer. Yeah. And an entrepreneur. Walk me through that. I, that, that intrigues me.
0: Yeah. So um, my, my dad, like he grew up on the farm, we're on the family farm um, where, uh, where he was raised. And uh, so he took it over from his parents, um, basically right when he was married and uh, they, but he had, he had taken schooling for, uh, for accounting Hmm. and, So he, um, as a way to diversify and to uh, try, like he was a young farmer um, back in those days, kind of saddled with how do we
1: make this farm work, right? So let's go back. So this is back, this is in Fillmore. Yeah. So, okay. To all my listeners, I have listeners from around the world. So first of all, describe to people where Fillmore, Saskatchewan is.
0: Gilmore, Saskatchewan is uh, about an hour southeast of Regina, down a really straight highway. Um, it's a great
1: small town. And flat as flat can be.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good description. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so now let's go back to the farm. When you talk about the farm back then, how many acres would you have been, was grain farm, I presume?
0: Yeah, so when my dad took over the farm, actually my grandparents, uh, they they were uh, they had kind of the the regular old McDonald farm, right? It was it was cattle, sheep, pigs, horses, um, but mostly livestock. A little bit of grain, mostly the grain to feed the livestock. Mm, okay. Uh, when my dad took over the farm, his dream was to be a grain farmer. He he wasn't too interested in livestock at all. Uh, so he converted the farm into a grain operation um, and tore up all the pastures and fence and converted it into grain and Ironically, as I grew up, the only thing I wanted to do was have cattle so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I finally had the had the um, opportunity to take over the farm, we sold it right back into grass, put fences up, and turned it into a cattle ranch.
1: So, <laughs> History has repeated itself.
0: It has, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you turned it into a cattle farm. So how old were you then? Yeah,
0: so, um, so I, left the, I left and went to college uh, right after high school. I went to an agriculture college in Alberta, Vermilion, Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I took uh, herd health technology, which was basically a precursor to vet school. Um, that was, that was kind of the path I was on was thinking, well, maybe I could become a vet and then branch on the side uh, mm. was, was the thought. Um, and so I took two years of vet school and
1: realized that I was just going to stop there. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, So, <laughs> yep. You can't leave me hanging. What was the decision to say, you know what? Not for me. I
0: just the schooling really, it was the schooling. I just, uh. I realized that, um, you know, I, I took the herd health technology and I completed that. So I had the so I had my technology uh, diploma um, and I was trained basically to become a vet assistant. Um, mm-hmm. And then I could roll that into the first two years of vet, vet college if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it made the decision that I would come back to the farm and and try farming
1: and and uh, see if we could make that go. So school just wasn't for you. School wasn't really for me. Actually. Okay, so now let's 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 go back to your younger days, um, when you were in elementary school and high school, right? Was schooling your thing then? Not I know you really. had to, but yeah,
0: did it because I had to. It wasn't really my thing. I was always happier on the farm working.
1: So you'd much rather be outside, be with the cattle, be with equipment, out doing out getting work done, rather than sitting in a classroom and to studying information
0: yeah absolutely
1: and so that carried over into your into your la- latter years yes yeah okay yeah. so there you are so you're back on the farm
0: yeah so we uh after college i came back to um i came back to saskatchewan i worked at a couple farms in the area um and had some really great mentors there as well um that just kind of helped me uh helped me Offered to help me get established on our own land, um, and so we were. Carla and I were married in two thousand and three, um, and that was. It was um, in two thousand and four that we actually moved a house onto the farm and started farming. Oh, okay, yeah. So we uh, yeah. So that that was um, that was kind of. You know, we jumped right in. We were young, um, like 20, 22 years old and uh, ready to, ready to try to make this farm work.
1: You were going to, you're going to take on the world at 22 and, and, and and have this huge cattle farm. So how many cattle did you start off with?
0: Well, we started off, uh, we started off with probably around 80. Um, So we had 80 head. And then, um, I mean, we we recognize, so land base, about a thousand acres, um, really hard to make a living off of that in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, so we tried to do, we were always, I guess I was always trying to do things a little bit differently. I am located right in the heart of grain country. Um, it's Awesome, awesome land for growing grain. Uh, but to me, that also meant it would grow amazing grass and produce amazing cattle. So. Mm-hmm. We, um, and, and with that, um, I was really driven to just like get, to learn how to get as much production as we could off of that land. And um, obviously optimize the revenue that I could make off of the land. So that, that was really where we were driven. We did a lot of custom grazing and some different things um, that, that meant that we didn't have to put the capital out to buy the animals, but we could make some revenue off of our land that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we land. We expanded our land base up to about uh, fifteen hundred acres at the time, and we were grazing up to five hundred animals at once.
1: Wow. The reason yeah. I was asking about your dad and whatnot earlier, and you know, you look at farming today, and you and you sort of led into this as well. You think back of when a, when back in the day when when your your grandparents had it, you know, eighty acres or one hundred and sixty acres was a lot of work, right? And you could only do, there was only so much land that you had only, the equipment was only so good and that was your livelihood. Um, and nowadays, I mean, how big do you have to get in order to actually make a living, you right. know, in order to actually survive? And, um, and same with you, right? Like, you know, a thousand acres was just not enough to actually really make a living. Like it just... It's it's interesting how farming has exponentially grown from a farm into a large business. Absolutely, yeah. And
0: it's interesting. That's kind of what led us down the path where we are today. Actually, was um, you know, as we started to realize the reality of where you know where we would need to be in order to make this a sustainable business for our family, um, we you know we re- we started looking at alternatives in ways that that we could, instead of going, as I said, I always like to do things differently. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of going the way that most farms were going, which was growing the land base, growing the amount of equipment, growing that investment, um, we wanted to find ways that we could shrink it and make more money per acre um, to build a sustainable business on the land base that we had. And so, that's where we got, we got really involved in holistic ranching, um, which meant that we could, um, we could optimize the land base that we had um, with the cattle that we had. And uh, then on the other side, we started playing around with market gardening. And um, so started off with half an acre garden selling at a small farmer's market in Weyburn. And uh, we grew that over the period of seven years into a 15 acre uh, market garden employing around um, three to four full-time employees on the farm um, during the summer and selling at about four different farmer's markets and to restaurants throughout
1: the city, so. Hmm, that's that way, Yeah. That goes, It just it's, it's interesting because it's almost counterintuitive, right? Of the typical farming model, which is get bigger, 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 bigger right? You're trying to go smaller and smarter
0: right yeah yeah i mean i was just really convinced that there's got to be a way to make a small farm work in this day and age and Mm. it clearly wasn't it clearly wasn't the way that um, most were doing it and it's not to say that one way is right and one way is wrong Um, it's just i was really driven to find a way to make um, a smaller amount of acreage work um, you know work for a family Mm -hmm. And, and so we, uh, I think, I think over the course of that ten-year period that we were market gardening, we, you know, we proved that that on fifteen acres you could you could generate enough revenue to make a living.
1: Um, and also, I want to just add this, just speak to the listeners, right? Because if people don't know about Saskatchewan, we, you know, what what is the growing period that that you have allocated to you due to our wonderful climate?
0: Yeah, so I mean basically we're we're planting in April, uh end of April into May. Um market garden season is different definitely than grain season. Mm-hmm. Um we can you know we're working with some cold frame greenhouses that we can get some production in May within a greenhouse, but uh, typically you're planting in in like April up to the end of May. Um and then you're you better be pretty well wrapped up by like the end of October. I mean, end of September, and if you're lucky, you're going to get to the end of October with some crops. But
1: yeah, so the growing season, right, is is fairly short here in our province, um, mm-hmm. and then you're not growing anything that. So that chunk of time, you have to create an annual revenue to support you all year round. So I just want to point that out to listeners who aren't from here and understand that, you know, it's not an all year round business. It's, right. it, it, it's
0: extremely intense.
1: It's extremely mm-hmm. intense when it's on. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: And so that kind of led us to, that led us to the next step of our journey, which was um, we realized quickly that in order to build this business at the scale that we needed it to be. So we're, um, know we're at 15 acres we're producing a lot of product now um now i'm on the road basically five days a week selling my product Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm going to different farmers markets on different days of the week i'm i'm driving doing a delivery route to restaurants um we developed an online ordering system Uh, Back in 2008, uh, we had built a website and and we had customers ordering online and we would do a home delivery route uh, once a week. And um, so we realized that the marketing side of this business, in order to build a business that can sustain a family, marketing was such a huge aspect of it. And that was something that was really missing in the local foods industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there was, you know, there was your traditional farmer's markets that you could sell your product. But what if there was? What if there was a market where you could take your product and leave it, and then they could sell it for you, so you could be on the farm doing the work that you needed to do? And that was kind of the beginning of of the thought process. Like, there's got to be a better way. So let's see if we can build something like that.
1: So this is fascinating. You have got me incredibly intrigued. So you, you look back in 2008, you're creating an online business for a local product which really wasn't that popular at the time you were walking into a market where no one was doing it um and you're always you've said it repeatedly when we talked so far is like i want to do things differently i want to look at things differently going back to when you were a kid and would you say that some of your dad's sort of entrepreneurial wisdom sort of pour spill over into you or were you always that kid who was always looking at things from a a different perspective, or how could we do things differently? And what's what's that about? Were you always that inquisitive?
0: Yeah, I think I think I kind of was. Um, I certainly, you know, I, I owe a lot of my um, entrepreneurship uh, drive, like entrepreneurial drive, I think, to my dad. Um, seeing what he's built up in in his accounting firm, and and um, you know, over the years, I mean, he just. Uh, he was really committed, and and just that drive, I think, um, really rubbed off. But yeah, absolutely. I was always, I was always uh, just trying to think of a different way to do things. And and um, you know, in in school, um, the one the one thing that I did enjoy, we we always participated in the uh, science fairs, and our school, we had a very good science teacher, and uh, so I. I put every bit of effort that I could. Of uh, that was the one thing I enjoyed. I really poured my effort into um, building these amazing science projects, and and ended up going to uh, several of the the national science fair um, competitions and and winning winning uh, Canada wide with some of these projects. And it was just, it was. I think it it comes back to like that drive to do things differently. We were some of my projects were how do you take how do you take um, flax uh, straw, which which was a crop that my dad grew uh, a lot of and something that we were just always just burning the flax straw to get rid of it. So how do you take that and turn it into something? So we were making paper out of it and making um, OSB board out of it and different building houses out of it and stuff like that.
1: So that was just always ingrained into you. That's just part of who you are was, yeah, right? What's what's different, what's unique, and how can I put my spin on it? Yeah. Yeah. And you and and you're still doing it to this day. Trying to, yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> so I didn't want to take off on that tangent, but I find that really intriguing. Of um, and the people I've talked to, you know, what I've noticed is the, the, the things that you did as a kid and those passions that you had, right? always seem to come back and find you when you're older. Now there's a, there's a big, long convoluted path along, you know, in between. Right. But it always seems to come back to those initial things that you did as a kid that really, that, that inspired you or motivated you. That was a bit of a passion, right. That always seems to come back and find its way down the path later on in life. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, So as you're going on, you said you were on doing like all your sales calls and you were like, you're on the road and you're basically, you know, you're trying to manage a online business plus as well, trying to get out there and sell your product in person. Yeah. So where'd you go from there?
0: Yeah. So like we were at the farmer's market, I had joined the farmer's market board kind of with the vision that Regina needs a, um, a more year round indoor marketplace, um, and, There were several on the board at that time that were really um, that were really passionate about that. And so together we were working at like doing feasibility studies and trying to figure out if if this was something that Regina would be able to pull off Um, and. It I think I quickly, you know, after about a year of that quickly realized that it to do something like that at the scale of like with the farmer's market as a cooperative, when you have so many different members that have their opinions, mm-hmm. it just, it, it, it was like banging your head against the wall. Really. I mean, it just, I knew it wasn't going to happen fast enough for what, what I felt like Regina needed and the community of farmers needed.
1: So and, it was, it was a, a, a cow. It's the, the saying of a camel is a horse made by a committee. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So where where uh, what happened from then? So obviously you saw that that this was this wasn't going to work. So so actually um
0: at that point uh we had a um we had someone kind of come along and they had, they'd had reached out to um they'd reached out to the farmers market um at that time and just with with a similar vision, I guess. And so we started visiting, uh, started visiting with him and uh, kind of comparing notes and talking about what, what both of our visions were and kind of where, where our paths were leading. And, and we decided maybe we should try to pull forces together and, and create something. So together, uh, together with him, uh, we launched Local & Fresh in 2014.
1: And so tell me about that. So tell me all about Local and Fresh because that's your, that's your present day story. Yeah. So, um, so what's, what's Local and Fresh all about? I know a bit about it, but you're, you're the guy.
0: Yeah. So Local and Fresh um, essentially is a, um, it's a collective of local food. So it's like a, it's like a grocery store, um, but farmer's market style. So we, we work with over 100 different local producers, Mm-hmm. um we are aiming to be as full-line grocery as possible um, without bringing anything from outside of Canada um, okay. so the majority like eighty percent eighty to 90 percent of the products that we carry are made um, grown and made right here in Saskatchewan uh, the remainder would be made within Canada um okay. Yeah. So when we launched in 2014, we launched as a, um, online company. Uh, we had a, we had a website you could order. We had a fleet of trucks for delivery and we had a warehouse where we stored the product, um, really simple business model. Um, and then always, I think always the vision was, um, so we kind of recognized early on, we, there's a few things before, like if we want to build what the vision was, which was this, this amazing marketplace for mm-hmm. Regina. Um, we had to do it step by step. And so to us, the first step was build the logistics, build the back end, build the suppliers um, and get that group of suppliers so that we're ready to open what, what could be, a, you know, a really amazing uh, locally focused store. Mm-hmm. Um, so, For those first few years uh, we really just focused on building the supplier list you know it started with 15 suppliers and then was at 50 and you know now we're over 100 so built those suppliers that also means that that's 100 different logistic chains that we have to work with as far as shipping and so just get all those systems in get the right software and the technology in place Um, and then and then we started looking for the next step, which was the platform, which uh, two years ago, actually, basically, it was two years ago, March 9th, um, in, in 2019, we opened our retail store in the historic Weston Bakery building, the warehouse district.
1: Okay, that's a that's an amazing building, isn't it? It's incredible, yeah. I remember
0: walking in there, um, this would have been probably 2016, uh, and just being in awe, I mean, it was a disaster inside it, it. There was so much work that needed to be done with it. But as soon as he stepped in, you could just feel the energy of what what this could become. And we like, we knew, we knew that we'd found the building. We knew we'd found the place where it needed to, where uh, local and fresh should be. It was just, how do we make that work now? It's a ton of work.
1: Isn't it incredible though, you know, share this with you. My, my, uh, my last location um, I had looked at the location and I walked in the door and I looked at my, my real estate agent and I went, you shouldn't have done this because I, because <laughs> I knew that that's where this was it. Right. It was a huge, it was a huge jump from where I was, but you just know, yeah. right. You, you look at it and you go, you know, you, and you can see past all the, the junk and you see past all the, the mess, but you can actually feel it and go, this is it. This is the place. Yeah, yeah it's hard to put words to it, but it's it, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we, we had a vision of what this was that we wanted to create and it might've been a little foggy, but it was there for sure. And as soon as we set, set foot in that building, you, know, you could almost, almost see people just bustling around and just feel what the energy could be in this building.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. and so, so bring us up to present day on what's happening in the local and fresh world.
0: Yeah, so we, uh, we opened in 2019. Um, that, was, uh, that was a two years, about two and a half year construction project. Um, from the time that we decided, okay, we're gonna go ahead with this, we signed a lease um, and then worked through the permitting process and the building process. Um, about two and a half years, extremely grueling, uh, but it, uh, you know, it passion carried us through, I guess that's what all I can say. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we opened in, in 2019 opened first the, uh, local and fresh, uh, there's three components to, to local market. So in the heart of it is the local and fresh grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, we have what we call the local food hall which is like an artisan food court um, featuring a lot of local foods from the local and fresh of course Uh, but it's a great place to come and just enjoy um, enjoy time and and you can have a coffee donut from the everyday kitchen which is a tenant of ours and then um, we have a restaurant at the back uh, called Mel neighborhood eatery and Meld was built in as a um as an outlet for local and fresh to take our food. Um, so basically take food from the store and move it through and, and sell it as a as a meal, right?
1: Wow. So you're really taking that, you know, farm to table, you know, so people come in, they can buy fresh product take it home, or they can have the exact same product and yet have a meal there, yeah. right? Yeah. This is really it, enjoy
0: the atmosphere of the building and and uh, just enjoy it right there. Right. So and then um, the uh, the third component is um, we have a banquet hall and so it's uh, we call it the docks uh, the docks room and that room uh, we can host events uh, which right now in in COVID is challenging of course but uh, we have the platform there so that um, you know like the way. When I explain it, at the heart of it all is food. So whether it's an event and we're moving catering through, um, whether it's the grocery store and we're selling the raw product or whether it's the restaurant and we're selling an experience, um, it's all about food. And it's all about celebrating the producers that we work with.
1: Um, You said that hall there. Is that the hall that's right beside your sort of joining between warehouse and and yeah. you guys, it's just that one. Yeah. I spoke in there. Um, really? and yeah, yeah. And um, it is a, it is a great space. It's fantastic. It, yeah. yeah. So anybody in the Regina area, I guess, if they're looking once, well, post COVID, um <laughs> are looking at hosting an event, right? Obviously they need to get in touch with you uh, to be able to use that facility
0: absolutely yeah yeah before before covid we felt like we were just starting to kind of hit our stride with events getting some corporate stuff and we're 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 becoming really well known as a wedding venue for sure on the weekends it's beautiful venue for weddings um but uh, really starting to um yeah I, I mean as more and more people as as you know it's a fantastic venue it's a really unique uh space in regina and i think it has so much potential
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, it, yeah, it, there's, there, I don't know. I, again, it's one of those things that's hard to put words to There's just a vibe in that building. I think that is just absolutely exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and we were talking a little bit earlier and I might as well just bring this up just because, I mean, I don't like to talk about, about COVID, but I do like to talk about um, how business has been affected by it and, and also how entrepreneurs um, have managed to, um, make it work, you know. And so here's a guy uh, who likes to do things differently, who's completely innovative, right? And what have you done, Tim, to uh, make it through this past year?
0: Yeah, I mean, we just we just knew as soon as as soon as things started clamping down and and we started realizing the full extent of what we were facing, we knew that that we had to be ready to pivot like really quickly. Like overnight, basically, mm-hmm. and um, we we knew that you know we, we couldn't be afraid of change. We had to just um, look at okay, customers aren't going to come into our store anymore. What does that mean? How do we move this product? And so um, you know, basically, we always offered delivery pre COVID. Um, we would do ten to fifteen deliveries a week. Really, really small part of our of our business. Mm -hmm. Um, basically overnight that flipped into 75 deliveries a day. And so it was just like, okay, this is what we're looking at now. How do we make that work?
1: (laughs) must've been quite a, quite a shift in gears in an awful hurry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was shifting on the fly for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, good for you though. I mean, again, I think that's that, that entrepreneurial innovative side of you that is, you know, all of a sudden, boom, we got to shift, let's shift. Let's go. Right. Um, No question and keep moving yeah. forward
0: it's uh you know it, it was um it was an incredibly challenging time for our staff and for everyone to just like you know when things are running smoothly you know it, it's uh it's comfortable mm-hmm. um it's basically throw everything up in the air and say okay we're starting over
1: <laughs>
0: let's do things differently here.
1: but it's interesting though but you can sure see what people are made of when that occurs right Um, there's, there's people that will jump at it and and step up to the plate and there's people that really pull back and, and get fearful. And I'm sure that you witnessed that with the people around you.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and we, we have a fantastic team around us too, that, that just like, you know, after it kind of sunk in that, okay, things got to change here. Um, everyone just, just worked together and, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's, it's our team around us that made made us get through the get get through the experience for sure
1: and that really builds a strong team when you have to go through that much change in that period of time um you see everybody pull together and that that that's where the strength of a team really starts to shine
0: yeah I think you're absolutely right I you know there there isn't a day goes by that we just we comment on how fantastic our team is and I think I think that experience um, is a big part of what hold everyone together.
1: Yeah. It's sort of a a bit of a blessing in disguise, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: for sure. Let's, let's shift gears here. So, you know, Tim, I believe that we're all odd ducks. I believe that we're all misfits. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you tell me about a time when you didn't fit in, when you were different, when you stood out? Um, What what did that look like? And that could be either a positive or negative story
0: yeah um I mean for me it's been kind of it's been kind of a lifelong journey of of that in a, in a way you know and I I remember back um back when we were in in school and and kids uh, you know we're talking about what you want to be what you want to do and and I I I remember uh, telling my friends that I was going to be uh, be this big rancher and everyone just started laughing and and like yeah right and you know i mean we we came from an area where there was no big ranchers it wasn't a thing right it was they were everyone was grain farmers back in that and so um and and there again too like my all the kids in my class i mean they wanted as soon as they could to get off the farm like they were moving to the city they were changing they weren't they were not going to be farmers right yeah so i mean that that's just a little example i guess um i remember uh when when we first started we were my wife carla and i were working at building our farm um first year just like first few months basically building corrals and just really excited about what the future had and and a neighbor rolled up and and he he came out and I thought, Oh, this is cool. It's the first time I've seen him since we moved back and got settled in. And, and he, he came out and he said, you're, you're out of your mind. Like he said, you're, this is just, it's not going (laughs) to work. ranch will not work here. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean that, uh, I have to say that, that conversation alone, um, probably gave me the motivation to push through. Like, it was not easy. It was not, you know, I mean, we, we were trying to build something from the ground up basically. Uh, we started no equipment, just bare land. And it was not easy. Um, we, we had marketing chat, like market challenges at the time. Um, but that, that little conversation alone just kept me like, no, I'm going to prove it. It, it, it's uh, you know this will work. It can work.
1: So let me guess. In order to get you to get going, all I have to say is, I bet you can't.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a good start.
1: <laughs> I was I was funny because I was, was waiting for you to say when the when the you know the, the the neighborhood farmer pulled up and he rolled you know rolled down the window and he looked at you and said, "You're crazy." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's awesome. Yeah, it happened. That's for so, sure. So, if you were to kind of summarize that, uh, Tim, what would you say that your superpower is?
0: Um, well, maybe maybe it's just looking at things a little bit differently, um, taking a situation, and you know, I often I often say it, it's not any situation like anything. That you want to achieve is possible. It's just we got to find a way to do it, mm-hmm. and so um, it's it's looking at a looking at a scenario and then not writing it off immediately, saying, "Well, this this won't work." It's like, no, we can find a way, but
1: it's gonna have to be different. So you just have an ability to see around corners.
0: I guess maybe that's it. <laughs>
1: That's cool. I, uh, I always love that about, you know, s- certain entrepreneurs that I've, I've you know, come across and they just have that ability and that's really what it is. You can, you can see around corners, right? Don't tell me that I can't, there's no problem that can't be solved, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, can you look at it differently? Can you come at it from a different perspective? Can you, right? What can you, what can you do? What is the possibility, right? Versus, right. What's going to hold you back? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are you doing presently um actually so i'm going to jump ahead of myself here, so, Tim, I want you to tell me about a time when someone did something for you that left an impact on your life yeah um
0: i I think I mean, feels like there's lots and and but like the one one thing that I often think about and um, I had before we started farming on our own, I mentioned, I think briefly earlier that I worked for a, I worked for a farmer um, that kind of supported us in our decision to start on our own. And um, I think uh, just, I was, he was a great mentor and taught me how to be a leader. Um, he taught me how to uh, be an employer, and how to, um, to like to be a fantastic employer, basically, and how to treat staff with respect. And, um, you know, I just always was amazed. um, We would, we would come into, he was a grain farmer, as well as a cow rancher. um, We'd come into a situation where, you know, a stall needed to be cleaned out in the barn. And the two of us were together and we were going to be working together. He was the first one in that stall and cleaning it out. Like he led by example. And, Mm -hmm. and that was, that's something that's really stuck with me. It's like, be humble enough that you can take the lower place and, you know, show by example. And that, that leadership quality has really stuck with me. And it's something that I try to, um, I try to do, um, you know, that, As an employer and just, just like, you know, I'm take, take the dirty, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take the dirty jobs and do and jump in there and just, you know, I mean, when, when something needs done, it needs done and we're going to do it. And I think, you know, he, he had a fantastic team around him and he built that because of some of those qualities. And that's, that, that's something that, that has had a lasting impact on me.
1: Yeah, you know, the, I, I love that whole lead by example, because the fact is that, yeah, your show is number one. You're not afraid to get your hands dirty. You're not above anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're part of the team versus uh, being the, the one, uh, you know, managers, managers tell, leaders lead. Right. And yeah. there's a big difference between the two. And um, uh, that's a a great, you know, lesson to learn that, you know, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. It's not really just about us. It's about the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. So what are you doing right now, Tim, to better the pond? What are you doing to make the world a better place? And more importantly, what I want to know is why are you doing it?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think, like, I am, I am extremely passionate about entrepreneurship, as you've been able to tell. Um, And one, one thing that I am really passionate about is just providing a platform for other entrepreneurs to succeed. Um, And I mean, I I hope that we're creating a community that, um, you know, and I and I feel like we're seeing it. We're we're getting more and more entrepreneurs coming to us with an idea and saying, "Hey, I got this idea. Do you think that it would work? Do you think that you would be able to sell that?" And um, I I want nothing more to be able to be a catalyst for ideas like that. And just like, yeah, absolutely, that's an idea. If we did this and this, I think that we could put it on the shelf and we could make this something. And what if you know? What if they started in our store, and then the next step they were in a Sobeys in a Safeway, and and you know if we could be that catalyst that takes an entrepreneur's idea and pushes them out into the world? I mean that's that's something that really excites me and I'm passionate about. Um, yeah, and and as for like where 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 does this go um, as we grow as a company and a community? I think um, we we really want to. Keep that um, keep that as a as a core uh, core mission of a of local market and local and fresh is is that we're going to support entrepreneurs. I would love to have some programming in place that we can we can help. Um, you know, we can maybe encourage. Uh, maybe we're going out into schools and encouraging young people to to think about entrepreneurship as as a path for their future. Um, Maybe it's, uh, you know, I've always had an idea and I'm I'm not sure how to make it work yet. It is going to take the right partners and, um, but is going into, um, you know, helping, helping um, youth that are, that are facing uh, really difficult situations and, you know, low-income youth and people that, that need a hand, help them chart their future through entrepreneurship.
1: Well, Count me in. Awesome. Count me in. Um, awesome. I, I I love that. I love that idea. And you know, I, I just recorded actually another uh, podcast earlier today with a guy by the name of Dave McLean out in Kelowna. But we were talking about that whole piece too of you know it, it really came down to you know you're you're chucking the pebble in the pond, right? Mm-hmm. And the ripples are going out. And that ripple, you don't know how far that ripple effect is going to go out. So here you are as a guy who was a kid. Who said i'm going to be a rancher someday got laughed at but would but, but i'm going to do it anyway right okay. and through that through that series of events right now you want to go and help others do the same right and especially to youth that um maybe don't have the opportunities or don't have the wherewithal right and if you can give them that and if, once they become an entrepreneur then hopefully they'll do the same for that either, you know, the person beside them or the next generation and those ripple, that ripple effect just keeps going out. Yeah. That's, that is fantastic. So yeah, as I said, count me in, we're, we're going to, wow. we're, we're going to talk more because you're, you're talking my language.
0: That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's, and that's all a part, you know, really, and you think about it, um, that's what I'm trying to do is just better the pond, right? What can we do, right? As a collective, right. To make the world a better place. Yeah. Right. Just keep contributing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, Tim, why do you do, I know you love entrepreneurs, but if you sort of, I want, I'm going to take you, I'm going to try to push you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it, what is it about that, that you really want to do this? What is it that inspires you to, to want to be able to help other people become entrepreneurs? Um.
0: Well, I mean, apart apart from it being just totally ingrained in me, uh, but it, I think it's just, I think there's there's something about charting your own way that gives a confidence can give a confidence to people. Um, it it um, you know it's it's is not necessarily the easiest way for sure, but I feel like I feel like entrepreneurs um, are. Best suited uh, to contribute to the community too, right? Like we're charting our own way. Um, we can build. We can build what we want to build and what we see. And and um, I think I think some of the greatest con- contributions to the community come from entrepreneurs. And I feel like the more um, you know, the more we can. You know, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone, and you know, and it shouldn't be. But I think um, the more that I can encourage that, and it's just um, i guess I guess that's what that's what I'm really passionate about it's like just encouraging people that there is that option right that um, you don't need to you don't need to uh work for someone else for for your whole life um, or you know maybe you're working for someone else and doing something on the side there's There's, there's options there and it's, it's just a way of thinking that, that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm.
1: What I took away from all that. And if I was to summarize it and we'll see if you agree with me or not. um, And you had said it, but it's really about instilling the confidence in someone that they can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that, if I I distill it down, is that really what you're getting at? That's really what it is.
0: Yeah. It's, there's, there's a confidence that comes when you can do something and, you know, you can make something uh, from from yourself, mm-hmm. right? From your own efforts.
1: Uh, I, said, uh, I was going to lead into uh, when I was talking to the, the Dave McClain I was talking to today and he said, when we we're talking about leadership and helping others, that it really comes down to two things. He says, that, you know, when, when they say what 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 made you you what 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 inspired you right to do what you do, he said it was two things. Number one, a person loved me, and the second is that they held me to a higher standard that they, that I thought I was capable of myself. Hmm. You know, yeah. and and I'm hearing that in you too. I'm hearing that same thing. You know, uh, and I I use the word you know love, but I I believe if you love and you're passionate, right, you care about human beings um and number 2 that you're you know you can hold them to a higher standard than that that you believe that they're capable of more than they think that they can do um yeah. and there and there's that inspiration and the confidence that comes from that
0: yes yeah
1: yeah that's that's what i'm hearing i'm hearing the same with you so so good on you so yes i think we're going to have we're definitely going to have uh, future conversations awesome <laughs> so Looking back and looking forward and the, you know, the lessons that you've learned along the way, Tim, um, paint me a picture of your golden pond. What does the future look like?
0: Yeah. I mean the the future, we, um, we just want to, we want to, we see a community basically. It comes down to a community, um, a community that's supporting entrepreneurs community that, that is giving back, um, that's helping, helping, um, young people chart their path in entrepreneurship. Um, I, I just see this, um, this vibrant community that's kind of like all working together, um, giving back and supporting. Right. And, um, it's, I, I think, uh, I think the sky's the limit as far as what we can build um, with,
1: that, with that vision. I love that vision. <laughs> that, is, that is a great vision. Um, and I love the fact that you say that, um, you know, the sky's the limit, right? I mean, it's all about possibility. And that's really, truly inspiring. And, and I hope that message goes out to all the listeners, too, of that same message that the sky's the limit, right? What's, what is possible? So, all right. So here's the last question of the day, Tim, are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. If you are standing on top of a mountain and the world is intently listening to you, what would you say? Um.
0: Just find your passion and go for it. Just like um, don't let fear get in the way and um, don't let what others say get in the way. If we, if we focus on that, we're going to quit and, but it's just find your passion, um, refine it and just like hold that passion as tight as you can and just go for
1: it. That is a great message yeah so beautiful so tim i want to thank you uh ever so much for your time uh taking out i know you're a busy guy uh and i i truly appreciate it i truly appreciate the fact too uh, what you're doing to better the pond um and how you want to help entrepreneurs um i think there's a lot to be said too for helping local farmers but in the same breath of you're helping people you're helping the community just in in food wise right as right. you're You're providing our community with fresh local product, which is for the betterment of our health. So it is a much bigger picture uh, and doing what you're doing. You're not, you're not just selling fruits and vegetables and meat. That's right.
0: Yeah. We're not selling a commodity at all. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're providing
1: a service to the
0: community too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so if people want to find you, Tim, where do they go to find you?
0: Yeah, well, we have a couple of places. Uh, so uh, locally within Regina, the store is located at 1377 Hamilton Street uh, in the heart of the warehouse district. Uh, you can find us online, um, two different websites, actually. So we've got localandfresh.ca. That is the online grocery store. Okay. Uh, and then localmarketyqr.ca. And that is the overall, it kind of um, gives you an insight into the overall project.
1: Oh, okay. Um, and as well, uh, are you active in the social media world? We are. We have,
0: uh, so we've, we've got um, Instagram and Facebook and we have uh, platforms for both local market and local and fresh. So uh, local and fresh, all one word is our, um, is our user for Facebook and Instagram and local market YQR is, uh, is for that as well.
1: Okay, so they can reach out to you on the social platforms, um, and if they want to stop down at the, the the store, then they can find you down there and your websites. You're not a, you're not too hard to find.
0: <laughs> yeah, try to make it easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, I love it. Um, all right, so any any last words to leave with us today, Tim, to uh, inspire our my listeners?
0: Yeah, I I mean. I think just like we've said before it's just um, find find a passion and go for it that's really what that's really really what has kept me going I, like there there's gonna be times where it is like it is tough and it feels like and and you know what maybe maybe there's time there's always failure entrepreneurship is <laughs> a mix of failure and success and uh, oftentimes the failure comes first um, but, but if, you're, if you're focused on that passion and have a really clear vision, um, it's gonna push you through the failure and get you to the point of success. And I, I mean, a lot of times we look at where we're at and I'm, I'm not sure, are, are, are we, we're, we're not at where our vision is, but we're, we're charting our way there. And um, so don't, don't consider success to be where you, where you see yourself being at the end, but there's success all the way along, and it I think um, it's just like just keep pushing, keep pushing, and um, that you'll eventually get there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's you know it's it's you know success is never the destination, right? Success wow. is, success is the journey along the way. It is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. So there you have it, folks. It was a great time here today with Tim. Thank you so much uh, for spending this time with me today. This is Warren Berry flocking off to take you beyond the pond to better the pond because we're better together. Thank you, Tim. Thank you.
0: Well, thanks for landing on the better the pond podcast podcast. Do you know someone who should be in our flock? Contact Warren at warren at instinctivesolutions.ca to tell us their story. Until next time, what ripples will you create? Cheers.